Welcome to Bracket U, a college basketball podcast brought to you by Delphi Bracketology. This is our uh, second episode of the season, and we are in our ninth year of Bracketology and want to bring weekly updates to those of you who want to know where your favorite team stands in regards to the NCAA tournament or who just wants to know uh, seeding for the NCAA tournament. This podcast is for all you junkies who have March Madness all season long, and we're able to do this because of uh, great sponsorship of Coca-Cola Bottling of Kokomo and generous donations of our followers, so we appreciate that very much. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for creating our intro music and to Jared Morris of the Assembly Call for inspiring us uh, to branch out and share information in this format. I'm Brian Tonsoni. Joining me this evening is our editor, Cade Nelson, and our junior member, Caden Gasser. And tonight, uh, we welcome you into our seed list discussion. Um, and so the seed list is basically how we sort out, and we, we do a resort three or four times a week, and then we move teams up and down accordingly. Uh, and so we'll put out a new bracket tomorrow, maybe based on some decisions that you will witness tonight, and um, and then a new bracket. And we'll try to do that every Tuesday and Thursday. When we talk about these seeds, there are seeds that we don't even like where we have teams or we are going to really watch these teams because it seems like they're either overvalued or undervalued in, in the college basketball world. So we're going to just take you through some of our thought process uh, in our seeds so, Cade and Caden, here we go. The number one seeds uh, for us as of right now, Purdue, uh, the overall number one seed, followed by Kansas, Alabama, and Houston. We'll go to you, Cade, first. Uh, we had a huge discussion of Tennessee, Arizona, Kansas. Kansas had a really big win over Kansas State. How do you feel about our, our number one seed line right now? Yeah, I like our number one seed line a lot. I think all these teams are really deserving of their number uh, of their number one seed line spot. And, you know, the common denominator with all these teams is their ability to win uh, a, mag a great magnitude of quad one games uh, while, you know, keeping their net in the single digit. And that's the main thing uh, that we see in the number one seed line throughout the years is that it's always teams – that have that single digit net. And so when you're able to win on the road, win quad one games and keep a single digit net, I think there's no reason that you shouldn't be a one seed and there's no reason that you should drop. Kansas has nine quad one wins, uh, which is just the best in, in the country followed by Purdue at seven. Uh, so we think, you know, Kansas has rebounded after their three game losing streak and their body of work shows that they should be on the one line. Caden, there's a, you know, there's questions. I think Purdue, Kansas, and Alabama are pretty set. Uh, you could have a discussion maybe about Houston, and we'll talk. You'll talk about Houston, I think, later on. But is there a team below uh, the one seed line that that you would like for us to discuss possibly moving up into this spot? Um, when I was looking earlier, I was really looking at Arizona. They're on a four win streak right now, and uh, they're doing pretty well for themselves. They're a ten seed, which does not help them their case at all. A ten net, you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, ten, ten net. net. Doesn't help their case much, but they only have a. They don't have anything lower than a quad two loss, and they're looking good. Seven quad one wins for Arizona, and they have like five or six wins against the field. If you break down the quality of wins that we we do that sometimes. 
uh, you get that. So Purdue, Kansas, Alabama, and uh, Houston are the number one seeds. Our number two seeds are those Arizona Wildcats, uh, Tennessee, which took a tough loss to Florida. Uh, didn't really change their resume, but probably kept them off the one seed line. UCLA and Texas. Um, Caden, back to you. Uh, this is pretty solid. I, I don't see a team here that really uh, will move or should move down. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I actually do. Um, looking at what we have right now, we have Texas at the bottom of the two seed, but they're also looking great. They have a nine net, and they're only seven and three in the last ten games. So I don't see what they could be doing better right now. Maybe maybe a road win. They still got three road wins, but it's the least number of road wins uh, in in the one and two seed line. Kay, do you see anything that we need to look at here on our two seed line? No, I think our two seed lines are really solid. And the the reason I say that is because everything that Caden just said and because none of these teams um, necessarily have a bad loss. Um, there's Tennessee with two um, quad two losses. But other than that, no team has a quad three or quad four loss. So there's not a lot of blemishes on anyone's resume. Uh, the only thing might be Texas's three road wins, but even then – they have seven quad one wins. So all these teams are winning and winning well, keeping their nets in single digits or at the outlier Arizona in the double digits, but only by one. None of these teams are taking bad losses and they're all playing solid. So I think they're all deserving of the two seed line. And so then we move on to our, our three seed list. And, and here's where I think the next eight teams can, you can make arguments for any of our eight teams to maybe be on this three seed line. So there's probably going to be some difference in our in our talk next week, guys, I think. But right now we have Kansas State, Xavier, Gonzaga, and Baylor on the three-seed line. Uh, Cade, we'll start with you. Which team is most vulnerable to being a four-seed, in your opinion? Kansas State, Xavier, Gonzaga, or Baylor? I am so glad you asked that question because when I was preparing for this, I wrote about Gonzaga and their uh, resume looking to me like they could drop. They only have uh, three quad one wins over Alabama, Alabama, Xavier, and Michigan State, which those are very quality quad one wins, but they've lost to Purdue, Texas, Baylor, and Loyola Marymount, um, which is a quad three loss, I think. Yeah, a quad three loss, and that's, you know, to me, a quad three loss being so high in the seed lines is something that, you know, is not very deserving, maybe. I know Houston has a quad three loss and Xavier has a quad three loss, but they also have quality wins to cancel those out. Uh, and so Gonzaga only having three quad one wins. To me, that stat alone has the, you know, the combination with the quad three loss to move down. You know, I, I don't disagree with you there. I'm going to take a deeper dive uh, after we're done tonight with Gonzaga. You know, they have a win and a neutral uh, against Alabama, and they have a win neutral against Xavier. Those are th those are their best wins. I'd like to compare them to some of our teams on the four-seed line. And like I said going into this segment uh, on the three seeds, I think when we mention our four seeds, any of those we can flip-flop. So if we don't like Gonzaga there, we can – really flip-flop of Virginia or, or Iowa State or some of those teams we're going to talk about here coming up. Caden, um, 
you know, the, the three seed line's not as solid as the ones and the twos. There, there, there's some questions here. Do, what do you see, um, or do you agree with Gonzaga being the team we got to kind of look at? Um, I agree with Gonzaga being the team we got to look at, but we also got to pay attention to that they're on a five-game win on the road, win streak on the road. Um, they're very, I don't know how to say it, but they're performing well on the road, and Kansas State is. 12 and 0 at home which is right right there at the top right now of so our, our I like that too. I think we might be a little high on Kansas State. Um they've been impressive. They're a surprise team, but they are of the three other teams, they have the worst road record. Um and they have a quad 2 loss which Gonzaga uh, I think doesn't well Xavier and Gonzaga both have a quad 3 loss. Um yeah, it'll be interesting. They're eight and four uh, in the quads one and two. Gonzaga's eight and three. Yeah, these all all of these teams I think have have to keep winning to hold on to that. I think you know you could uh, easily have Kansas State on the four seed line. I like Xavier. Uh, their net of twenty six is always going to uh, raise questions about the metrics, and if you follow bracketology. It's a it's a debate. How much is who you win and and how you beat and and you know the margins you win by and those things versus the the offense and defensive efficiency of the predictive metrics. So uh, Xavier has some really quality wins in the Big East. So again, we've mentioned three teams that could possibly uh, go to the four seed line and Baylor uh, probably in a lot of bracketology list is in the four seed too so if you're a fan of one of these teams on the three seed line they need to they need to keep building their resume uh and so let's go to our four seed line virginia iowa state marquette connecticut uh connecticut will be the team that most people think should be out that they have lost six of eight and have fallen from the number one overall seed the only reason we are looking at them right now is that they are seven and five over 500 in quads one to have three road victories, have really good strength of schedule numbers, and have an outstanding predictive metric of eight net uh, and Ken Palm and so forth, that keeps them on that four seed line. But I think Connecticut could be the team to drop. But I'm going to go back to you, uh, Caden, and then Cade. If we question some of those three seed lines, which team of Virginia, Iowa State, Marquette is worthy of moving up? Caden Gasser, you're first. Um, I'm, I was looking at Virginia earlier today and I know their quad one wins don't look amazing right now. They don't have very many. They're at three and three. They only have six quad one games. Um, but they got five more left and they're all very easily winnable for them. They're ranked higher and we're predicted to win all of those quad one games. So I think they have a high chance of moving up. Cade, what team on our four seed line? Should we talk about early next week in our meetings uh, possibly moving up if if their resume holds? Yeah, I think the team that should move up is Iowa State, and their uh, their net is thirteen, so that's a very you know quality net. And they also have the seventh hardest schedule in the nation, and to have the ability to have the seventh hardest schedule, keep a good net, and get six quad one wins without having a loss outside of quad one. Um, I think for them, that's great to see, especially when three of the six quad one wins are those high tier quality quad one wins that we like to see. To me, that amount of quad one wins 
you know, compares to teams like a Purdue or an Xavier or anyone like that, that just has the ability to get a lot of wins and still, you know, have a quality strength of schedule and a quality net to back up all those, you know, high quality wins. So Cade brings up something for, for those of you who are listening in or watching uh, that they break it down. Quad one even has a quad one A and a one B and, and so the quad one A is a higher quality of the highest quality wins, if you will. So we kind of look at that as well. Now, usually, you know, top 25, top 15 type wins, depending on whether you play them at home or on the road, all of that can be found on the team sheets. If you, if you go to uh, any web page that uh, does the bracketology, we use warrennolan.com. Shout out to them. Uh, but that's one way when you have teams that are tight. And Iowa State at six and six, Xavier six and four in quad one, Baylor seven and six. Maybe a determining tiebreaker is those top end quad wins. Uh, the only blemish on Iowa State is a two and five uh, road record, really. Um, so I think the the top four seeds are really pretty solid. Uh, I think UConn is the one that will fall out because I don't know if they're going to right the ship. Uh, the Big Twelve has five teams in it which makes bracketing a pain in the rear end uh to have five teams from one conference in uh the top four seeds but those 16 teams are pretty solid and then we head to our five seed line tcu st mary's rutgers and duke and this is where there's a lot of questions um you know and when we put out a seed list in a bracket it's not like we're a champion that this is where these teams are going to be this is where that we think the teams are right now but we have just as many questions as, as, as anyone who's just looking at, at, at our information. When you start getting down, down to five, six, seven, and eight, there's just a lot of things that I want to keep looking at uh, before we, you know, put this in, in uh, a surefire uh, five seed. I think TCU's the clearest uh, best team. Uh, six quad one wins. Uh, they have an injury right now we have to keep an uh, eye on. One of their better players is out. They beat West Virginia without him. But I think you can move them in for Connecticut. Um, but you got some teams there that have some some good numbers and some questions too in St. Mary's, Rutgers, and Duke. Cade, we'll go throw it to you. What would you like to talk about here on our five seed line? I'd like to I'd like to talk about Duke right now without stealing too much of your thunder for later on in the show. I just think that you know I haven't really heard much a lot about Duke this year, and maybe that's because of you know, there are three quad one wins, which isn't anything crazy. But I think the reason they're on the five seed line right now is because they haven't lost to anyone outside of quad one. And so, you know, to me, that I think is obviously good for any team to see, but also for them to still have the number 22 net with only having three quad one wins. That means they're still, you know, scoring lots of points and shutting teams down on defense. So, I think they've kind of flown under the radar this year and really caught my eye as of late, just seeing that stat that they don't have any wins or losses outside of quad one. And, and I, I agree. I, I, I worry sometimes that we put Duke up because it's, it's the Duke name. Uh, I get, I get caught up in that a little bit at times uh, as well. Caden, we were talking about St. Mary's before we went on the air, uh, trying to find the right strength of schedule, and there was a couple different numbers uh, in the data that we were looking at, so we got some questions going forward on that. But do you want to talk here about St. Mary's? I think they're tough to seed, whether they're five, six, seven, because they don't play quite the schedule 
that the other teams uh, were comparing them with, and therefore the numbers look uh, look different. But man, they're 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 on a good run. Yeah, their total overall record is and their seed is what's saving them right now. They're not. If we had them with didn't we didn't know their record or their seed, they would not be in these top four seeds. Um, I I believe because they went they're six one and one in the quad one and five and they have two losses in quad three. That's not going to help them out very much. Those games were close in the quad three, but they weren't close enough to make a difference. Yeah, I, I there are several teams that I'm just not sure <laughs> where to put them. And, and you put them on a five seed because, like you said, a high net, a great record. They're above 500 in quads one and two. And you got to put someone on the five seed line. And, and we already talked about Duke. And uh, we, we're going to skip Rutgers tonight. But, you know, Rutgers just lost uh, a game of sitting at 15 and seven. So, again, hopefully this gives you a little insight of it's not just, you know, plug and, and guess. We're, we're, we're constantly trying to talk about these teams. And then, you know, we're watching games right now. Wisconsin's playing Ohio State and Michigan and Northwestern are playing. And FAU, a team we're going to talk about here shortly, is, is on the road trying to keep their record going. And so these resumes change. And then we compare resume to resume. It's not an automatic up and down. If you win, you move up and lose if you do not. So now let's go to our six seeds. Uh, Illinois, Creighton, Providence, and Indiana. Back to you, Gasser. All of these teams could stay here. Maybe one or two could be five seeds. Maybe all of them could be seven or eight seeds, to be honest with you. When you start comparing all of these teams we're going to talk about in the next five minutes or so. Uh, but we, we kind of sorted that out today, just throwing them together. Illinois, Creighton, Providence, Indiana. Caden, where do you want to go first? Uh, this one's hard. I kind of want to look at Creighton. Yep. Because That's they have one. the quad, they have the quad three loss. They have more quad two losses than everyone, and they don't have the most uh quad one games. They have the least amount of quad one games in that like area in quad five. They have the worst record. Quad five. Where are you getting quad five? Not quad are five. A, are you adding a C5. quad five seed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're they have the worst record in the five seed, and their net is saving them a little bit right now. But if that net was any lower, I'm sure they would be dropping. Yeah, Creighton had a six game losing streak, and, and I th I wonder if that rests in a lot of people's minds that you know this was a team that was supposed to be top five uh, at one point, and. Um, at the preseason. Then they lost six in a row, and everyone kind of wrote them off. But that net is high. Uh, it is really good at 17. They ha have uh, two and five in quad one and four and two, so they're six and seven, one game under. That's with counting all of those losses, and you had your star player out for three of them. So Creighton, resume-wise, is probably a nine or a ten, but I think that they're going to take into account that they lost three of these games, and they're playing well. They got a really good win against Xavier uh just this past weekend that added to their quad one. So we have them as a six. I think that's probably high, to be honest with you. Uh, but I do think the committee is really going to look at, at, at Creighton. Anyone on this six seed line, Cade, for you, that gives you a little pause or, or move up or move down, whatever you want to do with the six seed line? Yeah, I would say that I agree, like, on everything you guys have said about Creighton. And I think the only reason why they're on the seed line they're at right now 
is because of their net. And I think their net inflates all their other stats or kind of outshines the being two and five in quad one and being three or having a quad three loss. But to me, the team that, you know, kind of stands out from everyone else on this Illinois. And the reason I say that is because they're three and two on the road and they're three and five in quad one with wins over UCLA, Texas, and Ohio State. Um, to me, that column right there being three and five in quad one and then also three and one in quad two, uh, that makes them six and six in quads one and two, which is better than anyone else on the seed line right now. So when so, it comes down to a seed line that is so tight, I think you got to find combinations of different stats to, you know, break ties. And one of the tiebreakers for me on this seed line is Illinois having that 500 record in quads one and two uh, with those three quality quad one wins that are just kind of sets them apart for everyone else. Boy, those wins are nice. You know, I, I've seen them. You rattled them off again, reminded me. That potentially could be uh, Illinois up and move move one of those teams we question in the five seed line down. So, you know, that's one of our – on Monday's virtual meeting, let's remember to take a deep dive at Illinois, see what they do this weekend. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're getting really close to maybe moving up some. Uh, the Indiana Hoosiers locally here, they're doing all right. They got a tough schedule and a tough game Saturday against the number one Purdue team. Uh, they – they, for us, are barely in the sixth line, uh, probably more like a seven, I believe. And uh, they're going to have to find a way to beat some really good teams to stay at this level. I think this might be the high watermark uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers. So now we're going up to the seven seed line. And and here's a problem, too, with like, I, I don't mind Creighton and Providence and Indiana moving down, but here here's the next set of teams. Uh, Miami, Florida, uh Florida Atlantic, Missouri, and Auburn. Now, I'm going to talk about Florida Atlantic. The reason we have them as a seven seed, and I think they could be a seven, eight, or a nine, is because the committee sometimes puts a smaller conference champion here at the seven seed line. They put Murray State here last year, and Murray State's resume wasn't all that good, and Murray State had a, a quad three loss. Uh, right now, FAU has two quad one wins, two quad two, and its only loss is a quad two loss. Uh, they're losing right now against UAB. That would be their second loss. Uh, a few more losses like that, and you'll see FAU at the eight or nine seed. But this is uh, this year's Murray State, um, and and at some point in time, the committee has put a small conference at the eight seed line who does real well. Loyola a couple years ago was an eight seed line. Uh, I think they pulled off an upset. Uh, that might have been the the year after the COVID pause, uh, where I think they were an eight and maybe beat Illinois. Um, so it's either going to be FAU or it's going to be a San Diego state or New Mexico. I think the committee always finds one of those teams and believes they belong here on the seven line. FAU has a net of 18, which would be, uh, you know, a net that is representative of the seven seed and other trends with the net. And, and I know bracketologists will listen. Well, the net doesn't mean anything. You're right. It doesn't, it separates, it organizes, but there are trends. You cannot deny that. Teams at 40 or above have very rarely, only two times in nine years that we've done it, teams with a sorting metric of 40 or more have only gotten to the sixth seed twice. Uh, so that just tells me that, you know, it does play a little bit in seeding, maybe not a lot in selection. So I think FAU's on this line. Uh, Cade, we'll go back to you. These are tough teams for me uh, because their nets are higher. 
uh, because their quality of wins aren't very good. And I think any of these teams could go move down rather quickly. But, Cade, who are you looking at here on the seven seed line? Yeah, I agree with you when you say that any of these teams could move down. But the team that I think might have the best chance to move up is Auburn. And I say that because they've got games coming up against Tennessee and Alabama, which are which will be on the road. So I think if they can get maybe one, uh, one of those games to fall in their favor, I think they have a good chance of moving up because their net is 30. And they have a better chance of moving up than FAU because FAU's strength of schedule is not very good. And, you know, they're not like, – like their strength of schedule, they're not really playing – much of anyone. So if Auburn can pick up one of these high quality quad one wins, then I think they have a, a serious chance to move up with their net being 30. Yeah. The schedule, the, the bigger conferences, you always have opportunities uh, to get wins. Cade, anyone on the seven you want to talk about, talk about? Um, on the seven, I kind of want to talk about Miami, Florida, like you talked about earlier. Um, they don't have an amazing seed that helps them boost them up to uh, a six. But they do have upcoming games that are going to help their quad one ratio right now. They only have two games in quad – no, that's the wrong one. They only have eight games in quad one, which is better than most teams. But they still are going to get a lot more games there, and I think they have a lot of games they can win right there. Yeah, Miami's four and four in quad one. That that could – that I think they're a team that could be a six seed. We, we've had them as high as a five seed. Uh, early on this year, uh, before they took a loss, so so they're they're in this five six seed range. So let's go to our eight um, our eight seed uh, line here real quick, as we got four more seed lines to try to hammer out on this podcast. Iowa, San Diego State, New Mexico, and North Carolina State are our eight seeds. Caden, back to you. Uh, what would you like to discuss? Um, I want to talk about Iowa. I mean, their record isn't amazing. But you got to remember what uh, conference they're in. They're in the Big Ten Conference. Big Ten Conference has a lot of good teams. Purdue, Indiana, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Rutgers. We all have the we have them up high. Um, in a lot of these games, they're losing to these certain teams, or they're very close. And I yeah. think Iowa has a good chance of moving up at some point. I do too. We've had them as high as a six and a seven. They have five quad one wins and three quad two wins. If they have a quad four loss, if it was without Keegan Murray, their best player. Um, so I, I, I have I have a problem with Iowa as the as an eight on this list that we have right now. I, I would probably push for them to be higher. Um, so I, you know, I don't root for them, but for bracket purposes, if they win this weekend, it makes it easier on Monday for us to to move move this up. Um, and then, uh, Cade, what would you, who would you like to talk about here on the eight line? On the eight line, I'd like to talk about San Diego State. Um, while they don't have a crazy amount of quad one wins, they might be able to get an added quad one win uh, because one of those quad two wins is over Utah State, and Utah State's net right now is 31. And to get a quad one win – uh, your net has to be like the team you played. Your net has to be 30. So with Utah State's net being that close, um, they might be able to pick up an extra quad one win that will make their resume look better, as well as having wins over Ohio State and UNLV. 
So, you know, their quad one wins aren't terrible by any means. And they also have five road wins. They're five and one on the road. So to me, you know, we always talk about road wins being really nice in college basketball. So I think that their ability to pick up that many road wins helps the fact that they only have two quad one wins. And the reason that they might only have two quad one wins is because their strength of schedule is so good. It's the best, like, balanced um, on the, like, this seed line. And what I mean by balanced is that their non-conference strength of schedule is 25. So it's not like at the beginning of the year when they're not playing their conference teams that it's that they're scheduling, like, cupcake games. They're still playing tough games at the beginning of the year that will help them build their resume. And I think that's exactly what they've done. They've been able to win five games on the road and keep their net at 27. So while they haven't had the quantity of quad one wins, they still have uh, a decent quality and they are able to win games outside of quad one that help their net stay at 27. You, you guys identify, this is why I like having a, a group of, of students do this and teachers do this because I think you identified two teams that easily could be seven seeds in Iowa and San Diego State. That's something we're going to have to keep an eye on the rest of the week as it plays out and also uh, on Monday when we talk. So that means our nine seeds, Boise State, Maryland, Michigan State, and Northwestern. I'm not a big fan of Boise State. I know they have a real high net of 21. Um, they're 2-2 two and two in quad one, 5-2 and two in quad two have a, a, a quad four loss. I think when I sorted this out today, that, that that's an error. I think they should be, be lower but when you start moving teams lower again uh, at our next seed line, I'm not very impressed. Uh, I'm not sure who you move up um, from our 10 seed line or our 11 seed line to move up. And and when you have a 21 net and you're 17 and five, four road wins, uh, I, I think um, they possibly are a nine seed. But you also have two eight seeds from the same conference. So I'm thinking for me, the team moving down is probably Boise State. I think we we have them miss uh, miss seeded right there. So I, that's what I'm going to do again later tonight and tomorrow. I, I'm going to probably look at moving Boise State down. Cade, back to you. Anyone on the nine seed line you want to talk about? Yeah, the nine seed line for me is kind of tough because there's not really uh, anything that stands out. I mean, there's three teams from the Big Ten on the ninth seed line, which I guess is the thing that stands out for me. Um, but, you know, I agree with you when you say that Boise State might drop uh, because they are they only have two quad one wins. They have a quad four loss. And I think we've kind of gotten away from that and how we've got yeah. let teams get away with having quad four losses. That is still a stat that you do not want to see on a resume in college basketball. You want to win every single – quad four game if you want a chance to be in the tournament and I know it's a body of work and you know one quad four loss isn't going to kill you that much but as it gets closer to the bubble that's some of the things that I look for to see in kind of making seed line flips with different teams is that one slight stat that might you know cause it to fall one way or the other. Both Maryland and Michigan State might be a little bit higher. Uh, Michigan State's dealt with a few injuries. They have some nice wins. Maryland is adding to their resume. Caden, anything real quick here on the nine-seed line? Uh, nine-seed line looks not good at all. I think the only team that has a chance to – if we really wanted to move them down, the only team that has a chance of staying is like a lock at staying at the nine and moving up is probably Michigan State. 
they don't have amazing record. They don't have amazing seed, but they have the strength of schedule. They also they have one of the worst losses on quad nine, which is quad three loss or not seed nine, yeah. which is quad three loss. But they still have those ups and downs where they've been playing really well. Like at the beginning of the year, I think everyone was talking about them because they were playing so well. Yeah, uh, our our rookie who's in the in the back of the uh, production room here watching our first year uh, member who's just in uh, watching has left us a note and he thinks Northwestern is a is a quality team on the nine. So shout out to Joey uh, Joey Wolf uh, behind the scenes uh, contributing to the podcast. Thanks, Joey. Our ten seed line, and I think you could really mix these ten uh, and elevens. These last. Uh, these last 10 teams are our last 10 teams in, and, boy, they're questionable. You can move any of these to the 11, any of the 11s up to the 10, and any of these people could possibly be out. Uh, so we have USC, Pittsburgh, West Virginia, and Clemson, a lot of high nets, 55, 59, 63, when we resorted it this morning. West Virginia, uh, high net of 24, a good net of 24, five quad one wins, uh, but not a whole lot uh, else on the resume. And we're just going to bunch all these teams together and go right to the bubble uh, here. Uh, Kentucky's in, North Carolina's in, but on the 11 seed line, can Memphis, Nevada, Arkansas. We have Oregon. You could put Oregon, Oklahoma State. You could put uh, Texas A&M. That last team, I was searching for a team to put in. Oregon had some injuries. They have a couple nice wins. Uh, I don't like Oregon there. In fact, I think we might just drop them out after we talk tonight. But I did not know who that 46 team at large um, team would be because everyone after this is an automatic qualifier from smaller conferences. So, Caden, as you look at these last 10, which team to you uh, needs to uh, move down, either down from 10 to 11 or 11 to out? Caden, you're going to have to un unmute there, buddy. <laughs> going, going down-wise – I was looking at more of Kentucky because they have the quad loss that only have one quad one win. Their seed is supposed to put them up, but they still don't have any games that are worth it. They're three and three on the road. They have a losing record neutral and their strength of schedule is not amazing. It's not helping them at all. I agree. I'm down on Kentucky. They had a really nice win on the road at Tennessee. That's the only thing that I think really keeps them in the bracket. So, you know, but their name, the name brand, and you wonder, you know, if they they have some chances with, with the SEC, as we've said with a lot of teams. But, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Kentucky, and that's why we kind of sorted them at the 11 uh, seed line. Uh, Cade, for you of these last 10, uh, what are you looking at here as far as teams either to move down or – or who's the most solid team, wherever way you want to take it. Yeah, I would say that a team moving down for me from the 10 to 11 seed line would be Clemson because right. they're high net and they're high strength to schedule. Uh, and they also have two quad four losses. So with all those things combined, I think, you know, a couple of their quality wins kind of gets taken away um, just because like none of those stats match up well to support their quad one wins. So I think Clemson's a team that could drop a seed line. And then Arkansas, I think, is the team that could move completely out of the bracket uh, because they're 0-5 on the road. They only have one quad one win, and they have a, a quad three loss. So all those things, you know, kind of combine, 
And then you look at a team that's out of the like Ohio State, uh, who is the 29 net with the eighth hardest schedule in the country, and they're one and six on the road with two quad one wins and a quad four loss. I think having those teams have such similar resumes, I think there's a very good case that Arkansas could drop down with Ohio State and, you know, kind of hang out with them outside of the bracket since their resumes are so close and the fact Arkansas has yet to show that they can win on the road. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you guys have said. I'm higher on Pittsburgh than some people in the bracketology world. They have four quad one wins. They beat North Carolina on the road. They they have six wins against the field. And, and our buddy Joey also likes Pittsburgh uh, in the production room. Um, Pittsburgh has six wins against teams that are likely to be in the at-large uh, conversation, that one through 46 listing. Blows away almost everyone that we're looking at on 8, 9, 10, and 11. A lot of people have two or three wins against likely tournament teams at this point in the season. Pittsburgh is, I think, not given a lot of credit in a lot of the bracketology world, the matrix, wherever you look at, and the tweets that I that we see in our, our Delphi Bracket uh, Twitter account. I think Pittsburgh, if they weren't such a high 59 net, probably could even be up at the nine seed line based on wins, and that's something I would like to move up. Clemson is is in our bracket right now, uh, but that but they're also labeled as the leader of the conference, uh, which means an automatic bid, and, and I think Clemson's in danger. Uh, I want to see them make the tournament personally. I like their coach. But I think Clemson and then Kentucky and North Carolina. North Carolina was up to an eight or nine for us for a long, long time. But when you really look at their resume, they haven't really beaten anybody. Um, you know, Ohio State's down 16 to Wisconsin at halftime tonight as we as we record this. And that means that Wisconsin's going to – or Ohio State's going to be 11 and 11. And I believe – I believe that might be North Carolina's only quad one – win and I think they played them on a neutral so that'll stay a quad one win but anyone who's beaten Ohio State is going to lose a quad one win after tonight if that uh if that maintains yeah they're 29 going into the game tonight and they're likely to drop to 30 30 or 31 as Cade mentioned those teams right on the bubble it, it not only affects their record but it affects someone else so and I'm not sold uh on Arkansas and I'm not sold on Oregon but let me explain why Oregon um you could take Oregon, Seton Hall, Florida, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, any five of those, I think, and you can make an argument for a team being in. Florida got a good win against Tennessee. Seton Hall is coming on. Oklahoma State, uh, I went on the road and beat Oklahoma. Uh, so those last five, those last spots are really up in the air, uh, and nothing is, you know, set in stone. And like we said, anytime. Uh, a game happens it could change when everything is so closely um, together so those are our seeds one through 11 those are the 36 at large bids plus some of the top conference champions normally we try to seed one through 46 uh, based on record and wins number one uh, metrics like the net and, and road records second and third and then the other uh, 22 teams are from conference champions and, and we try to um, We'll see those as well, but we like to focus on 1 through 11. So let's time for our game-winning segment as we end every uh, every episode of Bracket U with our uh, game winner. And today we're going overrated, underrated uh, teams by seed line. I'm going to go to you, Gasser, first, and then Cade, and then uh, 
Um, well, let me start first, so then we'll get the better ones later. Get the bad ones out of the way. I think Duke's overrated, uh, where and we've had them at a five or six range. Uh, I'm afraid that I see Duke and I think that they're better than they are. I'm going to take a deep dive on Duke for being overrated and underrated. I just got done talking about Pittsburgh. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is underrated for who they have beaten, the quality of opponents they have beaten. Uh, I think they deserve at least a 10 seed, if not higher. Caden Gasser, who's your overrated and underrated teams by seed? Overrated? I got Houston. Um, the best they could do right now for the quad one situation is six and one. And if you look back at our paper, every team in quad one already has six quad one wins. I've been attacking uh, Houston this entire time because they don't have strength and schedule. Like, they don't – they're not – their conference is – not the best, and it's not helping them at all. Um, for my underrated, I have West Virginia. And the reason I say West Virginia is because they are actually playing really well. Um, they have the they have some losses in quad one, but you got to look at their schedule and see that they're playing really good teams when the, in those quad one games. Uh, and they still have multiple quad one games left to play that I think they can win. And they're 24 seed. It's telling us we should put them up, but their uh, record's holding them back. And the strength of schedule is fourth. That's the fourth best in the entire or con, in the NCAA. I think the, best, the best thing you said there is their metrics are propping them up. Their road record, strength of schedule, those are strength of schedules propping them up. But their record is not right now overall. But they have five quad one wins out of 14 attempts. They're going to have to play a tough schedule down the stretch. Um, but that was some good stuff. Okay, Cade, uh, we're going to end the show with your overrated and underrated teams. My overrated team uh, is six seed Creighton, or at least we have Creighton on the six seed line right now. Um, they have a quad three loss, and they're one game below 500 in quads one and two combined. They also have two – uh, low-tiered quad one wins over Xavier and Arkansas. So with those being their only quad one wins, I think like that stat does not help them at all. Uh, and they're two, they're two and four on the road, and those two wins on the road are against um, Georgetown, which was a quad four win, and then a low-tiered quad two win over Butler. So I think with all that being said, uh, Creighton, the only reason they are so high on our bracket right now is because of their net, and you have to give them props for having that net and keeping themselves higher than uh, I think they should be. But, yeah, that's my overrated team. So my underrated team would be Seton Hall, who is currently out of our bracket right now, and I think the reason they're underrated right now is because they have uh, the 11th hardest schedule in the in the country with their strength schedule being 11 and they're five and four on the road so that stat alone is better than any other team we're considering to be in the bracket right now so when we talk about you know the tiebreakers those are two of the biggest tiebreakers that we can have for teams to be in the bracket so with seton hall being five and four on the road and having the 11th hardest schedule i think it makes up for their net not being so great and that quad three loss. 
Man, man, you gave me things to think about now after we get off the show here. Seton Hall, I, I like I said, Oregon, Seton Hall, you can go e- either way on that. That was some really good stuff there. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of The Bracket U. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, check out our work on DelphiBracketology.com. We have new seed lists and new brackets coming out uh, every Tuesday, and a new one will come out Friday with some of the changes that we might have discussed here. Um and then follow us uh, at Twitter, uh, at uh, Delphi Brackets. Give us a, a, a tweet, ask us a question. We'll try to respond as quickly as we possibly can. Also, we ask that you check out our donation page on, on the website where you can help us with all the costs associated with our club. Uh, for Cade Nelson and Caden Gasser, we're wishing you good night and that your team continues to win the big ones. Until next week, we'll see you.